Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. This month we've been in a series, Love is in the Air. Say, Love is in the Air. And it doesn't matter if you're here tonight, if you're single, if you're divorced, if you're married, if you're uh, contemplating divorce, if you're married, hopefully not, but love is in the air. And I want to talk to you tonight about victory over marital strongholds. Now, having said that, I mentioned last week as we began this series that there's two things I speak on every year for sure. Um, if you've been here for any length of time, you notice we don't even check the uh, or ask for the offering, a, ble- a blessing or anything, because we have it in the back, and we just count on the Holy Spirit to speak to everybody. But once a year, I will speak on finances. I'm not, I don't want you to come here and think that this church is all about money, because it's not. Just look around. It's not all about money. Uh, secondly, the other thing I speak on is, is how to have a healthy marriage and if you're single, and I know my daughters are single, and we've taught them these things, um, but at the same time, it's for those that are married. You know, I think for too many of us, we go through the motions, especially when we're married for any length of time, and uh, every spouse said, yes, amen, to that. And, uh, you know, we're all guilty of that at some point in time. But we're going we're gonna to talk about this relationship tonight. Love is in the air. And let me ask you this evening, do you want to be on the winning team, on the winning team of love relationship? Do you want to join that team? You know, we have this game tomorrow. I think there's some football game. I don't know what's going on tomorrow. But are you wanting to be on that winning team? And you may be going through your marriage right now, and and it may be in a dull, dead place. And, And that's okay. We have seasons where that happens. But it doesn't have to remain that way. Amen? Now, the other question I would ask you right off the top, are you just going through the motions? As I mentioned, some of us can be married 10, 20, 30 years, especially the longer you get married, and you just begin to, to just take for granted your spouse, right? And I know I'm talking to every married person here. Anybody that's been married, you know what I'm talking about. But I want to end this tonight, and hopefully you will have an understanding to know how to have a super bowl type of relationship, a winning relationship. Amen? So I would love it if every one of you would be able to say the same thing as this English poet from the 18th century, 19th century, I believe, um, Alfred Lord Tennyson, who said the following. Guys, listen to this. Guys especially. If I had a flower for every time thought of you, I could walk through my garden forever. Wow, did you catch that? I think I messed it up. If I had a flower for every time I thought of you, I could walk through my garden forever. Wasn't that beautiful? When was that? <clears throat> Excuse me. When was the last time your husband said that to you, ladies? Oh, never, I heard. Yeah, it's not happening, right? Well, maybe you ought to share with your husband that quote there. I love it. I thought, you know, it's so simple. And you picture it, walking through a garden of flowers, and it's a real beautiful thought, but here's the thing, we don't think that way sometimes, and, and it's a struggle, and especially these last two years, it's put so much pressure on, on relationships, uh, doubling what you had in, in line before. 
So uh, listen, stay tuned for what we're going to talk about tonight. Don't tune me out if you're not married here tonight, because I, could, I think this can serve you well in your relationships going forward. Having said that, let's bow our heads and pray this time. Father God, we give you thanks. We thank you for your word. We thank you for those that came out tonight on Saturday evening. And we thank you, Lord. I pray your blessing upon them. I pray, Lord, give us ears to hear your word. Help me to speak and declare with your anointing what you would have me to share tonight. And, Father, we thank you again for your precious word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So I mentioned this last week. I want to remind every one of you that the Lord, when he created marriage, he created a covenant. Everybody say covenant. A covenant union designed to enhance and strengthen the capacity of each partner to carry out their purpose in their life. When you do it by yourself, you can do it. But how many know that there's strength in numbers? Warrior's motto right there, strength in numbers. When you are married, there's strength there. There's a strength you didn't have before. And so that's part of God's design is to strengthen the both of you in that marriage relationship. But let's be real from the outset. We've seen the reality of marriage for different folks. For example, for some couples, it looks like instead of being married by the justice of the peace, they were married by the secretary of war. And that's no wonder why we see divorce rates in high in secular society, but also in the church house, in the body of Christ. And I'm not here to, to, to uh, hit you with, if you've been divorced. I've been there, okay? I know it's a reality. All of us, we, we've either, either been through it or know someone, family, members, and so on. It's so common now. But what I want to get to you today is it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. How many would agree with me? The things we know now as a mature person would have helped us so much way back over here, right? The things we know now. And let me tell you, the things I know now would have helped that, that dummy back then when I was in my 20s. But uh, as a pastor and a believer in Christ, I believe there are strongholds in marriages that can prevent us from having and developing that winning relationship. How many would agree that there, sometimes there's strongholds, meaning that you can't seem to break past this wall of, of difficulty? And I want to talk to you about that. What is a stronghold? You may have heard that term mentioned. A spiritual stronghold is anything that has power over you. Throughout our lives, we will all come up against strongholds that are desires of our flesh or attacks from the enemy. A stronghold will hit you at your weak point. Amen? It'll hit, hit you there and keep you there. Now, we know that marriage strongholds exist when married couples return home every day to miserable homes. Some people don't want to come home. Amen? I used to be that way. I didn't, I, you know, you don't want to come home if you're in a miserable relationship. Just face it. It's a stronghold to get up in the morning, morning and argue from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. It's a stronghold to look at each other after so many years or decades of marriage and look at a stranger looking right back at you. That's terrible. Most people, though, look at marriage as a way of finding love and happiness and companionship. 
And granted, those are things that you should have in a, in a thriving relationship, in a winning relationship. They are wonderful and great, but did you know they are secondary to the primary purpose for why God created marriage? I bet you didn't know that. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that, but overcoming marriage strongholds begins by understanding the purpose of marriage. And that's what I want to talk to you about today because, you know, for, for too many of us, we, we, we struggle with relationships because we don't have a proper understanding. We've never opened up the manual to understand what it is that God expects in a loving relationship. God didn't simply institute marriage because he didn't have anything else to do, so he thought he'd institute marriage. No, there's a, there's a design, there's a reason how he created it. But it's our failure to truly understand the real concept of, this, of marriage in our modern day. Marriage is a holy institution. Everybody is say holy institution that God loves. God considers marriage to be holy. And the word holy, anytime you see it in the Bible, doesn't matter where you see it, it means the same thing. Set apart. Set apart. Say that word with me. Set apart. So your marriage is holy and it should be set apart for you two and also for God, under God. When something is holy, it means it's set apart for God. So if, allow me for the next few moments to speak to you on the laws of love that will help you to overcome strongholds so that you and I can have, have a winning relationship. And I would ask you to turn to Genesis chapter 2, and if you didn't bring your Bibles, we'll have it up on the screen for you. But Genesis chapter 2 and verses 19 through 25, this is the story of Adam and when he met Eve. She was the, she was the finest woman in the land. Do you know that? Because <laughs> she was the only woman in the land. Listen to these words in Genesis chapter 2, verses 19, beginning in 19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam... No suitable helper was found, and all the men were sad. Verse 21. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame, the Bible tells us. And there's many reasons. We're not going to get into all of those tonight, but um, I want to look at some laws of marriage to help break these strongholds. You ever wanted to have a, the healthiest marriage ever around? I mean, I've shared with you, my, my parents have been married for 63 years. It'll be 64 later in July. And it hasn't been by, by lack of struggles. They've had struggles they've had to go through. But they've learned to certain secrets, certain principles, certain laws. And you too can, can follow these simple things. They're really simple. 
But everybody say this one word with me, and I'm going to touch on it. Work. It takes work. And we're going to get there. But the first thing I want to look at is the law of priority. I want to look at this law. Again, marriage is a covenant union designed by God to enable both partners to fully live out their divine purpose in being. Yes, you can live and fulfill your purpose by yourself. I would tell you, as a, if you're a single woman, you don't need a man. I've heard women say, I need a man. You don't need a man. Amen? And all the ladies said amen. amen. Now, if you meet a good man, that's a good thing. But you don't need a man. And men, the same thing goes for you. Um, although we'd never find our keys. But, you know, you don't need a, a woman you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? I just wanted to get out that for free, out of the way, okay? But when God designed the marriage covenant, he did so with the intent that this special commitment between a man and a woman would be more important than any other human relationship. And this is part of having a healthy, winning relationship. And this is the reason God commanded a man to leave his mother and father for the cause of marriage. In fact, the word leave, if we can put the scripture back up there, Genesis chapter 2, in verse 24, if we can go to the next page, where it says leaves, that is why a man leaves. That word in the original language of Hebrew literally means to loosen or re relinquish. So when God said that, the, that a man should leave his, his father and mother when he married, he meant that a man was to relinquish the highest position of commitment and devotion that was proper, previously given to his mom and dad, and now he was to give that to his wife, to his spouse. Amen? It's, it's not, when you get married and enter into a relationship, I'll tell you what's a bad relationship, is when that husband of yours is, is paying more attention to his mama than he is to the mama at home. Amen? Uh, it's not going to work. I'll tell you that right now, it's not going to work. So, again, we have to understand what the, the highest priority is. And as simply put, it's your spouse. God designed marriage to operate as the most important human relationship in our lives, if you're married here today. It is only second in priority to our relationship with Him. I've, I've shown you and taught you the umbrella. Our relationship with God is number one. Under that is your spouse. Under that are your children. Under that is your job and, and everything else. But if you flip-flop those or change the order of that, you will have chaos in your home because it wasn't designed to operate in a different manner. Is that understood? Amen? It's pretty clear. And here's another thing I would tell you. If it's only... Or if we put marriage in any position of priority other than that, how I just listed, it won't work. In fact, misplaced priorities result in many issues in our marriages. And I think all the husbands and spouses and wives would agree with that, that it's usually misplaced priorities. It's the right heart, but the priority wasn't the right thing at that time. And uh, that's what leads to divorce. That's what often leads to breakups in relationships, because not only didn't they follow that, that priority, but they were completely ignorant of the marriage covenant, this holy union that God has blessed 
Amen? Now, the second thing I would tell you is prioritize communication. And you'll hear this all the time. Communication, communication is the key. But like most men, we want to microwave communication, right? We want to just put it in there for 30 seconds. Are we done yet? You know, and uh, no, we're not. You gentlemen, men, you and I have to learn to listen, have a conversation. And that means giving your full attention to your spouse, looking at her in her beautiful brown eyes and just saying, yes, dear, I love that, dear, and on and on and on. Engage in that conversation. If you're over here taking care of business while she's talking to you, do you think she appreciates that? No. That's not prioritizing your communication. And in fact, if you are too busy to talk, then you have to find another area of your life to sacrifice rather than sacrificing your relationship. See, the law of priority means our marriages have to be the first priorities, priority in our lives in real terms. You have to prioritize. There's no possible way you could obey the law of priority and not communicate with your spouse in a manner that satisfies her needs. Amen? She'll feel empty. She'll feel uh, disrespected and vice versa. If you do not give them the time of day is what I'm saying. Amen? Now, I would also say prioritize relationships. Again, going back to the order, if you realize that your children have replaced your spouse as first priority in your home, then you need to repent because it's not the order that God designed. God designed God first, then your spouse, then your child. If your child supersedes your spouse in terms of relationship, your home is going to have chaos. Now, I would, I would tell you that right now that that you, you need to examine your heart right now and examine your home. What am I doing at home with this marriage covenant that God designed? Pastor Rick didn't design it. Foothill Christian certainly didn't design it. God Almighty designed it. Amen? So the second thing, if you have put a child above your relationship with your spouse, you need to stop responding to the constant demands of that child. Love them and care for them. But don't allow them to violate the boundaries of that relationship you have with your spouse. There is a, a line. In fact, I heard it put one way. One time there was a, uh, somebody, a child. This was, a, this was just a story I heard. Nobody here you know or anything like that. But a story where a child was yelling and, and disrespecting his mom. And he was just fired up and began cussing the mom out and the dad got home, he heard, he jumped right in there and said, don't you dare talk to my wife like that. He made a distinction. He said, not only is she your mother, she's my wife. And don't you ever talk to her like that or disrespect her. That's really the attitude you and I have to have. We have to have that distinction. Amen? Okay, because it's kind of quiet. <laughs> so train them. Train your children to respect marriage, and it will go well with you. You'll have a, a Super Bowl winning relationship. Now, here, here's the, the next part of pers um, priority is prioritize romance. Prioritize romance. And everybody said amen. <laughs> Anything that isn't growing is static and will eventually die. Can you just, you know that, right? If it's not growing, it will eventually die. 
It's headed in the wrong direction and will only get worse. Now, when I say romance, it's much more, we're all adults here, it's much more than just what takes place in, in the bedroom or behind closed doors. It's how you look at your spouse. It's how you touch your spouse, just a gentle touch. It's how you care for your spouse. Let us prioritize romance, especially men. That's a big one. Sometimes we, we don't invest in, in the time during the day in the communication and the priority, and then we expect our spouse to invest once it gets dark and we're in that bedroom all shut up, right? It doesn't work that way. You got to invest. You got to prioritize. Amen? You're hearing this in church. Can you believe this? I'm just trying to help you with your marriages so that you'll have a healthy relationship. Amen? Because if you don't, your relationship will stop growing and lose its focus and passion. And it will grow worse until it's finally dead. So the second thing, that was my first law. Second law I want to look at is the law of pursuit. Say this with me, the law of pursuit. From the very beginning, God has revealed to us the secret of staying in love. And I already said the word, work. Everybody say it with me, work. I said this last week to... As I started off, one of the very first things, or the very first thing the Lord did with Adam when he created him, is he put him to work before he ever met Adam. Ladies, if your man does not have a J-O-B, run the other way. He has to have a J-O-B, a job. If he can't, run away from him. Why would you ever want to be with a man that doesn't have a J-O-B? Amen? And all the ladies said, yes, amen. Marriage only works when you work at it. Again, we've been married, it'll be 28 years in July. 28 years, it just seems like 8 or 7 or 6, but not 28. And um, we focus, we do a lot of these things um, because we work at it. Now, we're not perfect at it. I would tell you we're not perfect, but we work at it. And uh, my mom and dad have worked at it. They're not perfect either, but they've worked at it. And I would encourage you, to begin working on your marriage. If you see your marriage and you know there's nobody that knows your marriage like you do, begin to work at it. The mistake that causes a marriage to begin a downward slide is not work, but the lack of it. It's the lack of work in your relationship. Taking each other for granted, coasting through your relationship, taking her or him for granted, it never works. Might, it might be okay once or twice, but if you, if you get into the habit of taking each other for granted, I'm telling you right now, that's the beginning of the death of your relationship. Just because you live in the same house or share the same children or checkbook does not mean you will feel anything for your spouse or even have a strong relationship. It doesn't mean a thing. For the rest of your life, from the moment you got married, wherever you got married, you must work every day at your marriage, for it is to be rewarding and healthy when you work at it. It is, it is a rewarding and a healthy marriage, amen, and a healthy uh, relationship. Because when you stop working at it, it will stop working for you. It will stop working for you. In many ways, marriage is like working out. It's like your body. 
when you exercise your body and work out your body, our bodies become strong and attractive. However, when we lie around and don't exercise, our bodies become weak. And the more we lie around, the less we feel like exercising, and the weaker our muscles become. Same way with our relationships. If we don't work on them, they get weak. Work at your relationship. Again, the law of pursuit can be summarized by this one simple truth. Marriage only works when you work at it. It requires your energy and effort on both sides, not just on one side. It has to be on both sides. So my question this, uh, this evening, are you pursuing your spouse? Are you pursuing? Do you know how? Or, or in other words, what is the point of your efforts? What is the point of what you're trying to accomplish in your marriage right now? Do you, do you know how to do that in a healthy way is what I would ask you. Now, the answer to those questions is simple but extremely important, and I'll tell you why. Because we're working to meet our spouse's needs. Did you know that? As a married person, you are working, or let me just back up. It's not all about you, okay? It's not all about you. The minute you got married, the Word of God, and we read, these two shall become one. You are now one. If you, want, if you like that old single life, then you should have stayed single, you know, because once you get married, you gave up all that. You are now one. And, and, and so the basic needs of our spouses are different than our own. Not only do we share same expenses, the same house as our spouses, but, but we have to be able to know how to express that to them, our, our needs to them, and they to us. That's what happens, and that's what develops in healthy relationships. Amen? So, again, for needs to be met and mutual satisfaction to be achieved in any marriage, one element must be present in both spouses. And I'll tell you, this is the key right here. It works with my mom and dad. It works with us. It works with any relationship I've seen that's been married for years or together for years. It's a servant's heart. In other words, you are a servant to your spouse, and they in turn are a servant to you because you both reciprocate. If, you, if you're the one that's always giving and giving and giving, and, you're, and your love tank is empty because you've given and given all you can, and you don't get that reciprocated, it's not going to end well, and we know that. We have to learn to develop a servant's heart. You want to know a key to a successful marriage? Right there, a servant's heart. It seems so simple, but it's so true. A servant's heart. The greatest marriage on earth is two servants in love with each other. That's the greatest relationship that can possibly exist. The worst marriage, and I'll tell you this, is two selfish people in love with each other. That's the worst marriage. You wouldn't want to be married to either one. And I, can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> amen. The third law is the law of purity. Say that with me. The law of purity. Now, in marriage, we start out instinctively desiring to share ourselves with each other. Obviously, that's a, that's a strong element of a, of a physical relationship I'm talking about. But for this to, to take place, there must be a prepared and protected atmosphere providing a regular environment where we, the spouse and I, 
can get naked. And I'm not talking physically. When I say that naked, obviously with marriage, you, you know, there's the physical element of your love towards each other. But when I say that word naked, I'm talking about being transparent. Put it in all, on the, all out on the table, not hiding anything from your spouse. Do you know that that's how a marriage works? It, and you've seen what happens when people hide things, when you hide your feelings, when you hide that extra checking account. I, well, let's not even go there. But when you're hiding feelings, hurts. I didn't know I hurt you five years ago. You never told me. You know, those types of things. Those will damage your relationship. And we have to have an area where we can just be transparent with each other. We can just say anything to each other in a loving way. I'll tell you one thing that Anna and I do not ever do. If we ever have a disagreement, because we never get in arguments. We might have a disagreement, but we'll never do that in front of the kids. We've never done that. We've always gone into our bedroom or gone for a ride or something, but we've never done that in the presence of our kids. And they would be able to tell you today, yeah, I've never heard my mom or dad yell at each other or, you know, uh, although I take that back, my wife wears hearing aids, so I have had to yell at her sometimes. Now, God designed marriage to include every area of our lives, body, soul, and spirit. See, marriage isn't just physical, it's body, soul, and spirit. See, when we are able to undress ourselves in every area before our spouse without shame or fear, we are in a healthy place for a strong, intimate relationship. The Lord created marriage to be a transparent relationship. You know, I can just picture Adam and Eve Obviously, it was simple. They had no previous relationships. Adam didn't have to Eve. So, you know, how many guys did you date? Or, where, where, you know, who'd you hang out with before? And she didn't have to come up and say, well, was that, that the chick you were living with? Or, you know, they didn't have any of that. So, it was pretty simple, right? But they were transparent with each other. They were able to get to know each other. And in that process, they were servants to each other. And we've lost that love and feeling from way back in Genesis. We've lost that. These last two years have been tremendous strain on marriages. I get that. Tremendous strain. But it doesn't have to end in divorce, is what I'm telling you. Even now, as you work on these things in your marriage, remind yourself of the covenant that God designed between man and woman. Now, Here's the thing, if we cannot expose ourselves completely before our spouses, it means we're hiding something. God created us with a need for intimacy. Did you know that? We all long for that intimate touch. As a child, I don't care who you are, how old you are, you desire a good tap on the shoulder from a dad that says, hey, I'm proud of you, I love you. From a mother that says, I love you. I don't care how old you are. That never goes away. And in the same way with a spouse, we, we need to be transparent with them and just share our heart with them and tell them what our fears are, what we like, what we enjoy, what we don't, and so forth. God created us with this need for intimacy, but it can only occur in an environment of honesty. We have to be honest with each other, amen?
Now, perhaps you've never realized that you have a need for total exposure before your spouse, but now you do. This is not just simply physical exposure, but rather the exposure of everything about you. All your experiences, you know, share. That's, that's what uh, long rides to the coast mean, you know, on a, on a car trip. Um, walking on the beach, hand in hand. We're going to get away in April, and we're going to do some of that. I can't wait. We're going to go to our favorite place in Mendocino, and um, we're going to have a great time there, and it just gives us a chance, an opportunity to, to do some of those things. Because I know every day in the day in life, uh, the, uh, the daily struggle of life, sometimes it's, you know, you go to work, you get back, you, you, it's just repeat, repeat. And it's hard to maintain vitality in your marriage, but you have to work on it. You have to work on it. Amen? Marital exposure must happen in a special place with the right person. Now, yes, you may have special friends. You may have girlfriends, guys. You may have some guy friends that can be transparent, that you can be transparent with to some degree. Now, let me just back up and say this. As a, as a woman and you are married, you should never, ever have a relationship with a guy where you're disclosing things about your marriage to another man and vice versa. A man should never disclose marital issues that he's having with another female. Can I get an amen? Amen. But marriage is the singular place God has created for us to fulfill the need for total exposure of our true selves. See, when you're married to somebody else, something powerful happens. And God designed this there's something powerful about a marriage dynamic that happens when he brings two children of God together. Both of you begin to fulfill the passion and purpose you were created for together. Amen? I'm going to close here in the next minute, but let me ask you again this question. Again, why did the Lord institute marriage? I asked that in the beginning. It wasn't just about happiness and and, and to, to be nice to each other and to be content. It's, it's much more than that. It's much deeper than that. And I would tell you this, the primary reason, again, he wants to see a marriage or a covenant marriage between the two of you is because he wants the marriage relationship to mirror the covenant between him and the church, between him and the church at large as believers See, God himself in the word calls his church the bride. We are the bride and we're married to the groom. Jesus calls himself, references himself as the groom. And he sees this holy union between the church and himself. He also, when he created the marriage covenant, sees you and your spouse in the same way. You and your spouse are to have a holy union together under God. Amen. That's why it's called a marriage covenant. That's why it's called holy. Amen. So the marriage covenant, again, is a serious matter to the Lord. And it should be to you as well. You should look at your marriage as something holy that the Lord has got brought together. Now, if you're single today, as I close today, you need to take this approach if and when you marry. God is good, and he wants to bless his people with a winning marriage relationship. Will you stand with me as we close?
How many got something out, out of this tonight? You get something? Amen. You pick up a little nugget or something? Amen. Well, let's pray. Let's bow our heads this evening and pray. Father, we come before you again, Lord. We thank you, uh, first of all, for every person that made it here tonight. We pray, Lord, for those uh, that couldn't be with us tonight, those that are ill in body. Uh, Lord, I, I want to pray specifically for a young man named Joe. Uh, Lord, we lift him up to you, Father, and we pray a covering upon him. We pray, God, that you would break the habits of destruction in his life, that, Lord, that you would give him a hunger and a desire for the things of, of you, of God. We pray, Lord, that you would put him on a new course and a new direction, that you would bring restoration to his life. And Father, we give you thanks for that right now in advance. I also want to give you thanks, Lord, for the young lady we've been praying for here. Her name is Victoria. Uh, Lord, it's a great testimony right now. She's still not released from the hospital, but she's now out of her coma. She was on life support. Lord, she's talking. She's walking. And Lord, she's building up her strength. And Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you the honor for that right now. Thank you, Lord. Father, with you, all things are possible. I've seen it in my life. I've seen too many miracles, Lord, in my life to not believe that with you, all things are possible. And Lord, tonight, I pray for these marriages, Lord, here that are represented. And those that couldn't be with us here tonight, the marriages, I, as I look out and see the couples that, that aren't here tonight, I pray for them as well. But, Lord, I pray that they would always be a servant to each other, that they would always value the covenant union, that, Lord, the moment you brought them together at an altar somewhere, that they not leave you there at that altar, but that, Lord, that they would continue to walk with you all the days of their life, that they would pray with each other daily, that they would encourage each other daily, not just when things are going bad, but Lord, let it happen every day in their life. Father, I pray that blessing upon them. Lord, let us work and strive to have healthy, winning relationships because the enemy out here is wanting to destroy them, wanting to tear apart the family. And I know that's not your desire, but Lord, where that's happened, I pray healing to take place. I pray healing take place in our body, soul, and spirit, that we would not be held down by the enemy any longer, but that we would overcome that and have the victory in our spirit and in our soul and in our bodies as well. Thank you, Father, for taking good care of us, and we thank you for this evening. We thank you for this Saturday evening, Lord. We pray now a blessing upon each one. If you would just lift your hands right now to the, to the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.